Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It's a podcast that I record throughout the week and then I put it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville, broadcasting to the world. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. I've got a great one lined up for you this week with a couple of great little interviews as well as a bunch of reviews of food and a very loose and sketchy history of Moose Tracks ice cream. And before I get to any of that, though, I just wanted to say that I'm about to start a new thing on my Facebook group page, and it's something for y'all to participate in. It is going to be a weekly sort of what's the best thing you ate all week question. Uh, it's going to show up every week on my Facebook group, which is just called Stu Helm Food Fan Group. So you can find that pretty easily. If you're not already mem a member, you can ask to join. And every week on Friday, I'm going to post what's the best thing you ate this week. Please share a picture. And then on the show, I'll talk about those things if I get any interesting ones. If I don't get any interesting ones, then I'm not going to talk about some boring food that people posted on, on Facebook. But hopefully you guys are not eating boring food and you're not posting and sharing and talking about boring food and that this new thing will develop into kind of a fun thing. You know, I like to do fun things. And speaking of that, develop things that I, that I wanted to develop into fun things and did, the Asheville and WNC food trucks page on Facebook is blowing up. It's it's actually a group, not a page, and it's got well over 2,000 members. People post on it every single day. So if you're a food truck and you want to advertise or let the public know where it's totally free, uh, let the public know where you are going to be parked, what's on your menu for the day or forever. Uh, if you're a food truck enthusiast and you want to see where the food trucks are going to be, and if you have an opportunity for food trucks to park and vend, you can use utilize this Facebook page. So uh, yeah, here I am pumping Facebook to you guys. I, I'm a 57-year-old geezer. I still use Facebook, but you know what? So do a lot of other people. When I make a good post on Facebook, it can reach tens of thousands of people. An average post that I make on Facebook reaches maybe 2,400 people. Um, and that's great. And those are all people who are, for the most part, going to be local to Asheville and Western North Carolina and are going to be... Um, interested in the food scene and those who are interested in food trucks go to asheville and wnc food trucks pay, uh, group and everybody else follow me on Stu helm food fan on facebook all right facebook still the king daddy of all social media instagram is a pretty close second but guess what it's part of facebook and then the others i tried to get into tiktok I just am not into video as much as I am into still photography, especially when it comes to food. And I personally can't watch videos of people eating food. It's just 
repulsive to me to watch videos of people eating food. So I don't want to make videos of me eating food. So then I end up just shooting videos of food. And personally, I'd rather look at pictures of food. So that's just me. Did I mention I'm a 56-year-old geezer? I'll be 57 in just about a month. All right, enough about me. Let's get on with this show. All right, y'all. I'm going to give a quick review of a couple of things that I ate recently that were super delicious. And one of them was just a plain old turkey club or a club sandwich from City Bakery. And it was excellent. What can I tell you? It was exactly what I wanted, exactly when I wanted it. I popped in, I ordered the sandwich, sat there for a bit, called out my name. I jammed this thing in my backpack and I walked on home. And uh, when I got home, I tucked right in. And it was super freaking delicious. City Bakery does a turkey club, sometimes just called the club, uh, just exactly the way it should be. Like right out of the dictionary of sandwiches, they, there's three slices of white bread. I think it might be sourdough. Nice portions of turkey, bacon, lettuce, tomato, mayo, what have you. The whole, whatever you're expecting, it's on there. Uh, very thin sliced red onions. I appreciate that. I, I do like... I know I often say I don't like raw onions, but I actually do. I just don't like to eat a whole ton of them. So just a few thin sliced red onions is perfect. And that that actually I always thought was kind of one of the secrets of why the vault always won the Battle of the Burger back in the days because they did have very thin sliced like red or Bermuda onions, purple onions, whatever you want to call them. And uh, super delish. So anyways, and, and the there's... The, the sandwich, getting back to the turkey club, is a big square sandwich, right? And then they cut it into four pieces and they jam a toothpick into each piece. And each toothpick has curly cellophane on it. And I'm, I'm sorry, I know that contributes to plastic in the world, but it's just a tiny bit of plastic. Come on. And uh, so it's, it, it, it's just, it looks perfect and it tastes perfect. And the ingredients are so fresh and the bread is made on site. And when I posted a picture of this dang thing, a bunch of people piped up and were like, I love that sandwich. So I'm not the only one. So get on into City Bakery. Somebody asked where it was and FAQ. That is one of the few questions I will not answer. Where is it? Somebody said. And um, did Google that uh, or click on the actual link that I provided to their Facebook page where their address is. It's located downtown on Biltmore Ave, but also in North Asheville on Charlotte Street. But yeah, don't I, I just look it up. It's called Google. All right. Next, I want to review, and I think I've probably reviewed this place a lot in my podcast and on social media, but I go there a lot and my family loves it. And I will jump at any opportunity to grab a meal with my family, my mom, my sister, my wife, Dawn, my brother-in-law, Willie, whoever we can wrangle up and bring to brunch. I'm all down for it. And they really love Ukiah, the Japanese smokehouse there on Biltmore Ave, right next to the orange peel. 
can look up the address yourself. But they like to go there a lot, so I like to go there a lot. And this time, we, we went recently, and this time we got a new item that Willie ordered that was an avocado salad that was just to die for. It had microgreens all over it. It was a really nice avocado, all peeled and cut up into bite-sized sections, and then some microgreens all over it, some sort of very light and delicious dressing, and then, I don't know, crispy onions or something on top, something crispy on top that was just great. And my mom and I were both really impressed. Everybody loved it. And my mom and I agreed that for, like, just, like, we could, I could eat that as my a light lunch or a light brunch all by myself. So I might do that next time. I might just order the avocado for myself as my sort of main dish, avocado salad. And then we always get the scallion pancake for the whole table. My mom just insists, like, boom, boom, however many people there are, divide it up. We need this many scallion potato pancakes for the table. It comes within a kimchi sauce uh not it's like a reduction of kimchi flavors i'm not sure how it's made it might be a puree i'm not sure it's super freaking delicious though and we all love it like everybody i can tell that everybody in my family i know my family well that everyone is restraining from just pigging out and eating the whole thing all by themselves and i do occasionally go and get just this pancake I go by myself, I get it for myself, and I like to throw an egg on top of it. They uh, have an option of an egg. Now, speaking of eggs, I generally one of my go-to dishes is the uh, it's called Bruce's Biscuits and Gravy, and it comes with an egg on top. And I decided today, the other day, I didn't want the egg. So I noticed that you could order a biscuit, and you could also order a side of gravy. So that's what I did. I combined them up, and wow, it was delicious. I'm going to say that Ukiah is making one of the best biscuits in downtown. One of the best I've ever had. And there's some shishito pepper involved, and they're, I'm not sure if it's in the biscuit or in the gravy, but it's in there, and you can taste it, and it's fantastic. And uh, everybody got their various things that they ate and enjoyed. But I just want to point out my brother-in-law got a very beautiful ramen that was like a pork ramen with cashews and stuff. And it was gorgeous. And I'll have to order that next time. That's the kind of thing you got to be super hungry to eat. So um, we sat out on the porch. It was a beautiful day. The staff at Ukiah are some of my favorite people in downtown. They're very gracious. They're very nice. I always see friends when I go there. And it's just a gem of downtown. And it is a little pricey. So look up the uh, menu online and look at the prices for yourself and make sure that you are uh, ready for what's in store. But you can get by on like my biscuit with my gravy was something like, uh, I think with the coffee, it was like 12 bucks. I, don't quote me on that because everything changing all the time and I might be totally wrong, but I didn't find it prohibitively expensive at all. I tipped my server close to 100% on the bill. That's how low it was. The lower the bill, the higher the percent I'm tipping. That's for sure. All right. So go to Ukiah if you are inclined to do so. And, of course, as always, tell them I sent you. Tell them Stu sent you. Just say Stu sent me. Just like that. <laughs> 
Alright, we'll take a little break and we'll do that. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan, right here in the middle of Pack Square, and I'm at a really fun event with, uh, it's called 10,000 Scoops, and I'm here with Katie Montroy, and she's one of the organizers, and Katie, can you tell us what's happening down here and who's sponsoring? Yeah, of course. So this is an ice cream social, Moose Tracks Ice Cream, Mayfield Dairy Farms, and Kemp's are handing out 10,000 scoops of free Moose Tracks original ice cream. And for every free scoop that we're handing out, we donate a dollar to Mana Food Bank. So 10,000 scoops, $10,000 for a great cause. That's awesome. And the last time I heard it was up above 7,000 scoops so far. Yeah, yep, above 7,000. So we're so close to our 10,000 goal. We have just under an hour left, um, and I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling good about it too. And what prompted this idea? Do you know, like, how did this come about? Um, you know, I don't really know the origin story, but I know Moose Tracks and its dairy partners are really just looking to do good in local co communities. So that's where it came from. That's all we need to know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with us and thanks for and, uh, making this happen. Yeah, thank right. you. Thanks for coming out. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. All right, folks, I'm back here in Food Fan Headquarters now, and uh, yeah, I just got done doing this exciting 10,000 scoops challenge in the middle of Pack Square. There was a ton of people all there lined up to get ice cream, and I only scooped for about 20 minutes. That's all I was signed up to do, But uh, and I scooped, I don't know, maybe 50 or 100 scoops of ice cream, maybe less, I don't know. But altogether, they they met their goal. They scooped the 10,000 plus more than that. And they had like charitable giving boxes at every table. So people were jamming dollar bills and $5 bills and stuff into that. And so they raised a ton of money for Mana Food Bank. And Mana, of course, is my favorite charity. I'm always trying to bring love, money, and attention to Mana. So after this event, I got kind of curious about Moose Tracks. Uh, I always thought that Moose Tracks was just a flavor of ice cream. I didn't realize that it was a copywritten flavor of ice cream. Um, now, Moose Tracks is vanilla ice cream with a fudge, like a salty fudge swirl and peanut butter cups in it. And that's what Moose Tracks ice cream is. And it is apparently... You know, and I think you can make moose tracks in your ice cream parlor. I don't know. You might get served with a cease and desist from a company called Moose Tracks, which is part of a larger company called Denali Ingredients. And that's D-E-N-A-L-I, -D Denali. Um, and I looked up some of the history of moose tracks and all of that. And here's what I found on the Denali website. And so take it for what it's worth. They didn't use anybody's names. When they told the story, <laughs> they say that in 1988, Moose Tracks ice cream was invented in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And I have family up there, so that kind of, I don't know, nice little shout out to uh, the UP, as they call it. And uh, the, in the videos and the reading materials, it just says it calls the people who invented Moose Tracks from this point on the inventors. And the inventors started to bring it to ice cream shops, starting with a local ice cream shop, unnamed, and then it spread from there. 
and spread all over the country, spread all over every, all over the UP and then Michigan and then all over the country. And again, it's a little unclear in the video if the copywritten brand of Moose Tracks spread around or just people making the flavor in their ice cream shops spread around. Um, but it spread and spread. And then I'm going to guess at a certain point, Denali ingredients got involved and bought up the original copywritten recipe, perhaps. And uh, they started to manufacture it. And I looked up Denali, and it's an interesting company. They make ingredients and not just like sugar and spice but like pre-made ingredients and just to name a couple of the ingredients they make they make cookie dough and bits so there's little balls of cookie dough and bits of cookies that you can mix into other things they make something called baked inclusions i love that baked inclusions and baked inclusions are um like brownie bits and little bits of birthday cake and whatnot that you would mix into ice cream and other things. Uh, a category called flakes and barks. And you can imagine what those are, like coconut flakes, flakes of almond, and chocolate bark. And then probably my favorite is called the the variegates. And there's a couple of other ingredient, uh, categories as well, but the variegates. And those are known another name for spins, swirls, sauces, and something they call revels. I love that. Corporations are always coming up with funny names for stuff. And those are what they sound like. So a fudge swirl or a strawberry sauce or, I don't know, a butterscotch revel. I'm not sure what that is. Maybe a revel is another name for a ribbon. Not sure. So that's Denali makes all that stuff, and they apparently manufacture Moose Tracks ice cream, perhaps in connection with a separate company called Moose Tracks. It's all pretty unclear. Corporate America keeps its stuff pretty close to the chest. Uh, and yeah, so it is a nationwide corporation from another part of the country. So we're not to talking local ingredients from a locally owned company here, but we are talking about a company that in uh, 2010, they started, they launched what they call their 10,000 scoops challenge, which is what I was at today. I was at the the one here in Asheville. I think it's the first one they've done here in Asheville. And since 2010, they have handed out over 500,000 scoops of ice cream. And that means they have raised over $500,000 for charity. Uh, they pick a local charity in the city they're doing their 10,000 scoops challenge in. And so here in Asheville, they did pick Mana Food Bank. And I'm going to say the number 500,000 scoops, $500,000. I got that from the website and that was written, I'm going to guess, before yesterday. So we can add another 10,000 scoops and $10,000 to that um, number. And that is from the good people of Asheville as well as the good people visiting Asheville. It was kind of busy in downtown Asheville yesterday. Uh, the tourist season has been slow to start and it's kind of started in sort of like fits and starts. It'll be busy one day and slow the next day downtown. It is actually great to, for the locals to take advantage of the fact that it is a little bit slower because even though it was like, quote unquote, busy downtown yesterday, uh, Patty and I found a parking spot. We walked unencumbered by crowds to Pack Square. There was a good crowd, but a short wait for ice cream. And it was a beautiful, if somewhat overcast day yesterday. Those are my favorite kind of days. And uh, I've been enjoying this weather all week, people. I know that a lot of you hate that. 
rain and that bloom and that dreary stuff, but I love it. And it was just a beautiful day in downtown Nashville yesterday. And Patty and I walked all over the place. Uh, we ate lunch at Modesto. It was great. I got spaghetti. He got linguine. Uh, and we just uh, had coffee at Old Europe and all penny cup. I had like 10 cups of coffee yesterday. And it was great. So anyways, in conclusion... Uh, go out, buy yourself some Moose Tracks ice cream, I guess. Uh, it was great. I got myself a free scoop. As soon as I was done with my 20 minutes, I went around to the other side of the booth, and uh, Councilperson Kim Roney was there scooping ice cream, and I got my scoop from her. And it was fun. I know Kim from before she was a council person, and uh, I um, stood next to her and scooped ice cream, and so that was fun. And uh, the Moose Tracks moose-headed uh, mascot was there. And yeah, that reminds me, Tubby's coming. <laughs> I told you that, that, didn't I? Did I mention? Tubby is coming. August 3rd, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And speaking of city council, at least half of city council is going to be there to present Tubby with the key to the city. So, and the key being man manufactured right now by a local artist, a guy you may or may not know named Zen Sutherland. And Zen is a really nice guy and he just as soon as he heard that i was looking for somebody to make a key to the city to give to tubby he stepped right up and got right on it and it looks great so far all right folks so that's that get some moose tracks ice cream stay tuned for more mascot updates as we continue through the year of 2023 all right back to the show Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I've got a brand new segment that I've been doing lately, and it's about sobriety within the food and beverage industry. And I'm real fortunate to be joined by my friend Ned today, and Ned has been in the food and beverage world, and we'll probably refer to it as F&B um, from time to time, just to let the audience know. And uh, And Ned's been in the industry for 20 years about 20 years, and he's been sober for eight and four years. And Ned, thanks for uh, joining me today. How are you doing? My pleasure. I'm doing good, Stu. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. It's a beautiful day here yeah. in Asheville, North Carolina. It really, really is. It's balmy, you may say. You might. Yeah, that sun <laughs> came out. It was nice and cool this morning. I got my lawn for mowed this morning. Oh, good. A perfect yeah. day for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you bet. Well, I mentioned in the lead-in that you've been sober for eight and four years. Do you mind clarifying that a little bit for the listeners? Yeah, no worries. Um, I had a very long struggle with uh, opiates and uh, heroin. Uh, luckily for me, I guess, by the time I got off it, fentanyl wasn't really as big as it is now. So we'll just say opiates. But it was mostly heroin that brought me down. I mean, I liked I liked Coke. I loved crack. You know, I was, I was not uh, not opposed to that at the time, but it, it, my biggest problem was definitely the opiates. Um, and then uh, and then alcohol was probably my longest uh, my longest. Uh, I don't even know how I would say it. I I've had a problem with drinking since I was before I was old enough to drink. You know what I mean? Um, Me too. So you know. Uh, that one was, that's the one I'm most grateful to have said goodbye to, honestly. And 
So yeah, it's been almost four years since I've had a drink of any kind, which still 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 trips me out when I say that because I you know there were good chunky years where I wouldn't go five days being sober. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, oh, absolutely, man. Well, so yeah. sober from the hard stuff for eight years—that's a yep. freaking huge accomplishment, as far as I can tell from observing the <laughs> world. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, really yeah. hard to quit that stuff. And then I would For imagine, sure. because I have some personal experience, not with hard drugs, but with marijuana. Um, I'm a chronic user of marijuana. Yeah. and have, have been my whole life. Um, yeah. And I did try to quit for a little while. And I still drank at the time. And I filled uh-huh. up the boredom with the alcohol instead of the weed, you know. And, yeah. And so yeah. I wonder... Like it took you longer, and you said it was. It felt even better to get off of the alcohol than the yeah. hard stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a it's an ambiguous kind of thing. You know, when I say it felt better, I guess it was. There was a lot more behind my alcohol use. I guess. I mean, I you know. Um, just to let go of that as a coping mechanism because it eventually it got intertwined with my other drug use, you know? Um, but it was always, it was, it was in my life longer. We'll put it that way. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, I come from a long family of alcoholics. A lot of them who still drink, uh, you know, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was my coping mechanism for a lot longer than I wish it was, you know. So sure, I can I can relate to that a hundred percent. Yeah, and also like, and this is part of this segment and part of this topic is when you work in the food and beverage industry. Yeah, there's other drugs in the kitchen and in the you know available to you, like in the rest of America. But you're not yeah. like selling hard drugs to the customers night after night, but you are selling <laughs> right. alcohol and there's alcohol yep. everywhere. And even if oh, you yeah. work in the kitchen, there's an expectation to have a shift drink or a drink after For work sure. or to just party your sure. ass off after work. So talk, yeah. can you talk to me a little bit about like, have you faced like temptation with around alcohol in the food industry? Or if you have, how do you deal with it? And if you haven't, let's talk about like why maybe you don't think that that triggers you. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So, you know, for in many different ways and many different places over the years, my use was like tied into uh, working in the kitchen, you know, like you were saying, get off work, have a shift drink, uh, have a lot more than one drink, you know, like I worked for a place once that would, uh, let you rack up a tab and then take it out of your paycheck. So needless to say, like I was not getting paid very well. <laughs> and, um, but you know, since I quit drinking, I've been blessed, I guess you could say, to be in environments where it's not so uh, prevalent, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I don't have to see it while I'm working, which is really helpful. Uh, you know, and sure there's like the social aspect of it outside of work or after work. Um, but you know, I mean, one thing, you know, that hasn't really been a problem for me either, I guess, you know, um, well, I mean, social, yeah, 
it's I, I just want to interrupt because I, yeah. I feel like maybe you're like me that I it sounds like that you're glad that you don't have to see the alcohol sometimes and yeah. that it hasn't been such a problem for you and the after work stuff, like I'm yeah. I'm getting I'm getting old, man. Like I don't for sure. necessarily want to go out after work like I used to. Oh, so sure, for sure. Maybe that's yeah. not as much of a problem for you as it would have been yeah. ten years ago. Oh, no doubt about it. And I mean, I got I got two kids. Um and you know, me and my old lady are just raising them like basically just us so it's like i don't i definitely don't have time to be hung over in my life no. you know at no. this age so it's it's you know but i mean that being said i got friends i know people my same age that are in very similar situations and they still go hard and i don't know how you do it man you know i really don't but well, I look back at my own life and I'm like, man, I don't know how or even why I did it as hard as I did. And I spent all that For money, real. like money, money, money oh on alcohol. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that that story Seriously. of the restaurant letting you rack up a bill. That's that sounds like yep. some old company store stuff from back in the yep. industrial revolution or something. Right. No like no You got to buy a shovel it. from the company store and then they pay yep. you to dig. Um yep. So that's uh, that. Thanks for talking about that. And now you mentioned you work at a very popular restaurant that is supportive of your sobriety, and sure. um, that the the executive chef is supportive of you, and yep. that and that must make a big difference. Have Have you worked it in does. restaurants where they weren't supportive, uh, or that there was? Let's put it a different way. Have you worked in restaurants where there was no? thought about it at all where it was just like assumed we all drink right yeah i mean that's honestly that's that was more often the case than not uh for me but it's weird it was like you know maybe it helped me quit drinking because the job like i said where i was when i now see i haven't been drinking in longer than four years but i you know i would have a beer here and there and i just realized like I'm not going to be drinking anymore. So I might as well start keeping track, you know? And that's when <laughs> about that's four great. years ago, I was like, I'm going to keep, you know, cause I want, it helps. It really does help it to does. keep track and uh, have something to be proud of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it keeps you on the, you know, cause then you have your time and you don't want to, you don't want to compromise that. Cause ideally it should sound better to have that time than to not, you know? So uh, to you, to you, to me, you know what I mean? When I say, oh, I got almost four years, knowing how much I used to drink, I'm proud of myself for that. You know, it doesn't really matter if I make other people proud. It's just, I know how, how big of a deal that is to me. So that's why I keep track of my time, you know, but Absolutely. um, at the, at the time though, I mean, I was, I was working at a, um, a different restaurant and uh, yeah, it wasn't it, the chef and the sous chef. Like there was, I mean, there was stuff going on here and there, but again, it was like, it was not very prevalent at all. So it made it easier for me. I wasn't tied into, that wasn't tied into my job as bad as it had been in previous jobs, you know? Yeah. Um, I can say for myself that I, I haven't faced a lot of temptation since I quit, um, quit drinking. Yeah. And though, and 
the one thing that really triggered me was I did a pop-up where I actually cooked. <laughs> like, you know, I yeah. don't usually get on that side of the kitchen. It's safer yeah, yeah. for everybody if I don't. But uh, <laughs> I did that. one of my punk rock hot dog pop-ups, and I I basically worked the shift. Like, the restaurant yeah. I did it at would close, and then I'd reopen for about four hours. And then I'd have to clean up. I'd have to mop the floors and stuff. And it had been a long-ass time since I had worked the shift. And being yeah. done mopping the floor triggered me to want to have a beer. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I really, and and I felt it too. And I was like, wow, I, I know that there's thousands of people in this town that feel that same feeling. <laughs> yeah. And some of yeah. them are fine. They go get a beer and they're fine. You know, and other people, yeah. they got to go home and not have that beer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, um, yeah. Um, Ned, I just wanted to say, like, uh, do you, or ask, do you have any sort of tips or anything for other people who may not be counting the days yet and might want to start? Like, did you have to like leave the industry and come back, or did you power through? I mean, no, I, I personally, it's 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 tough for me because I had, uh, let's just say, I got I. I got sick from my heroin usage um, and I had liver disease and I had to get treatment for that. So, you know, and this is what I tell people, like, I'm no saint, man. I don't know if I'm not sure whether if that didn't happen to me, whether I would have been able to quit um, to be totally honest with you, but I had to um, in order for my treatment to work, you know? Mm -hmm. So, to get off of, you know, when I quit drinking, um, it's tough, man. My best advice would be to like, you got to fill your time with something you got. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's tough. It's like tough to fill that time when, when all you used to do is drink. And, uh, for everybody, it's going to be individual, you know, um, I just folks started focusing head first into my art. You know, and I guess I'm blessed to have had that to to dive into. You know what I mean? That's great. That's great it kept advice. Kept me busy. Yeah. yeah, it just kept me busy. I mean, but I was going crazy. I mean, I you know, just it was just such a ritual every night to drink that. I mean, it's it's going to be really tough, especially for that first week or so. Like the hours are going to drag on, but yeah, it gets easier. You know, it, does. it really does. That's. And, and that's another great little nugget to put out there. It does get easier. Those first two weeks are the hardest. Um, are. It's different for everybody. Um, yeah. And so everybody got to approach it the way they can. But I think it might be a universal truth that a lot of addiction uh, or a lot of substance abuse and use uh, comes from boredom. And so for sure, filling those sure. hours, that's a great piece of advice. Fill those hours. Yeah. Fill them with something that makes you happy, you know. So that yep. and go to a meeting if 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 you can. I mean, I'm not a I, I'm not like gung ho about uh, the program, but like when I when I was the countless times I tried to get off dope back in the day, I would drag my ass to an NA meeting and I would just sit there and like to be around other people that are in the same boat as you is really helpful, you know? 
like cool. the, and all this all the sayings that they have are are sayings for a reason like people places and things you know keep it green remember why you're doing it yeah um, i agree the little sayings yourself. are so great support yourself so do you attend a, a meeting every once in a while still or or i don't but it's something i i, I kind of it's a void in my life right now that I need to fill in some way. I need to give back. I'm always here for anybody that's ever struggling. Um, you know, I will listen with absolutely zero judgment. And uh, because, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something I want to do is help, help others that are suffering. But um, like I said, I got two small kids right now and I work, so I'm trying to find a way to incorporate that in my life. But, sure. you know, yeah. Well, uh, after we wrap up, I'll talk to you a little bit about Ben's friends, which I'm sure you're aware of. But it's uh, yeah, that they're they're very interested in in beefing up our Ben's friends chapter here in Asheville. Right so on. I'll talk right to you on. about that, and and everybody listening should look up Ben's friends. It's a special support group for people struggling with addiction of all kinds within the food and beverage industry. So if you're in the industry, it's a safe place to talk to other people either with live meetings or online and uh yeah so well ned uh i really appreciate you joining me today and being Thanks so open yeah man and um and man you're you're an example for people out there to follow in my opinion for sure and if anything about my story resonates with anybody uh and you want to talk to me i'm always available you just give Stu your info and uh holler at me he'll give you mine right on yeah you know just in case yeah yeah sure. I mean, no it, people reach out to me because i'm open and, and talk about my sobriety and it's a great feeling when people reach out to you so talking about for it sure. helps people for sure so thanks yeah again for talking and and brother have a wonderful day all right thank you Stu. you too brother bye-bye bye Emergency Tubby update. Emergency Tubby update. Folks, I just heard from the people at Duke's Mayonnaise, and Tubby is 100% coming. I mean, I guess nothing's 100%. A comet could hit the Earth. Aliens could invade. Any number of threats from outer space could stop Tubby from coming here or doing anything. But the people from Duke's just wrote me an email, and they said, they can have Tubby available to me for whatever purpose I want from 9 a.m. till 11 a.m. on Thursday, August 3rd. So mark your calendars. Thursday, August 3rd, 9 to 11 a.m., Tubby is going to be in downtown Asheville. And not only are we going to give Tubby the key to the city, but I'm having this key manufactured right now by the awesome and much beloved local artist zen sutherland who stepped up to my request and is fashioning a key to hand to tubby and this key is not only a key but it is shaped like a spatula and so a giant spatula shaped key to give to tubby i'm thinking right in pack square i've got to arrange all this but it's happening, and in case you're completely confused <laughs> and have no idea what I'm talking about, Tubby is the giant 
unhinged in quotes because that's what's on the web page of the manufacturer of the costume itself a company called um avant garb i like that name but uh the giant unhinged tub of mayonnaise that is the duke's mascot duke's mayonnaise of course being the most beloved mayonnaise of the south and the most used mayonnaise of in kitchens in the south i would wager and uh, just a fantastic mayonnaise. Now, I grew up up north, and my last name is Helm. So you might guess what mayonnaise I grew up eating, that which shall not be named. But it didn't take me long to get on the Duke's train once I got down here to the south, because it is a special mayo- uh, mayonnaise. It's got that twang, as they say. So get ready for the Duke's mascot to get here to Asheville, receive the spatula-shaped key to the city, and bring come come down to Pack Square and bring Tubby gifts, and I'll have some swag from Duke's to give to you. Uh, so get excited about that, Asheville. It's not every day that a celebrity comes to our city not to record a movie or whatever, but just to visit our city, just to say, hey, Asheville, my name is Tubby, and I'm here to see you. Of course, Tubby doesn't talk, so he won't be saying anything. But all right, let's just uh, let's just put a pin in that. August 3rd is the day, and let's get on with the rest of the show. I just want to do a little quick review for you right now, just like right in the middle of the show. The other day, yesterday, I went into the S&W cafeteria, which is, of course, one of my favorite places to go and grab a bite to eat when it's not crazy in there. It gets kind of crazy in there. So poke your head in, gauge the craziness levels. And if it's mellow, it's mellow and just uh, it's a great place to hang out. Um, but so anyways, I went in and I got a sandwich from the gourmand. Uh, place right there in the corner, Gourmand Asheville, it's called. And I got a Hamon Emmental sandwich. Is that how you pronounce that? Emmental, Emmentaler. Uh, it's like, it tastes like Swiss cheese. Um, and it's from Switzerland. But uh, yeah, a ham and Swiss basically on a baguette. And the baguette was huge, like super huge. And uh, it was very crusty and bready and delicious. And I enjoyed it very much. It was like half a baguette. It was about, I don't know, I would say about eight inches in length and very girthy, lots of ham on it. And I gnawed my way through that thing and it was very delicious. And I would go back and get that again and again and again. You know what I'm going to say though right now? And I think I'm going to end up saying this a lot, especially in anticipation of one certain mascot coming to visit us in Asheville. Could have used a little bit of Dukes. Yeah, could have used just a little bit of Dukes. Um, And I also got some pickled eggs from Gourmand to go with my Hamon Emmental sandwich. And uh, they were great. They were really good. They were real pickly. So if you don't like pickled eggs, they were not deviled eggs. They were pickled eggs. And they they were cut in half, and there was a mayonnaise element and a bunch of stuff on top, like mustard seeds and pickled stuff, and very snazzy and fancy and very pickly and delicious. So, yeah, 
Um, and I was really full afterwards. And I was like, to my boss, Patty from Nashville food tours, I said, I'm really full. And he said, dude, you just ate a loaf of bread. And I was like, you know what? I pretty much did. So yeah, check out these ham sandwiches. They got three different kinds there. They had three when I was there yesterday. They had the one that I had with the Swiss cheese, and then they had one with brie and one with just butter. And I'm going to say, ask them if they'll put a little bit of Dukes on those for you. All right, folks. So go check them out inside the SMW cafeteria. If that's not your jam, get a fried chicken sandwich from Buxton Hall, a steamed bao bun from Bun Intended, some empanadas from Mikasa Criola, a grass-fed house-made hot dog from Farm Dog, or a cold, tasty beer from Hillman. And also, Gourmand has wine. All right, uh, let's get on with the rest of the show. Hey, everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, back here in Food Fan Headquarters. And I've got a brand new segment for you right now that I'm just calling Messages from the Eaters. I get messages of all kinds, whether they're emails or direct messages through Facebook and Instagram or even text messages from the eaters asking me questions, making requests and such. And so I have a couple pretty interesting ones that a couple of different people wrote to me, and I thought I would use them to sort of kick off this new segment. So if you want to drop me a message, I will try to include it in this new segment in the future. All right. So let's get to the first one which uh, says uh, is from J and T, a couple. I'm just using initials for these because uh, these days in this world, if you use somebody's full name on the internet, it could end up a bad situation for them. That's just the reality. They could get doxxed or whatever uh, harassed online. So J and T wrote to me and said, first, thanks for what you are doing. And thanks for that, JNT. I appreciate you and you are welcome. They have, And then it goes on to say, we have one small request slash issue. We think that it would be very, very helpful if you would post a picture of the menu of the restaurant and the items that you have, or at least the prices. We know that you probably get them for free, but we definitely don't, or we definitely don't, and it has caused us some embarrassing situations when we go out and try to sample some of the restaurants. Some of the stuff is just way, all caps on that, way out of our price range. And JNT, I understand that. So first of all, thanks for the note. I appreciate you. And media tastings aside, and the occasional comped dish or for some random reason, an occasional comped meal, I do pay for the majority of the food that you see featured in my posts. So uh, I'm in the same boat as most people most of the time, and I'm sympathetic to the fact, uh, not, uh, not just sympathetic, I feel the effects of how expensive it is to eat out these days. So I appreciate your situation, but um, and I do try to take pictures of the menus and include them in my posts when I do remember to do that. I don't always remember to do that. And then I, I myself am depending on the menu online to get the descriptions uh, to caption my posts. And so I always recommend that no matter what, you check out the online menu 
if you are concerned about the cost and and you should be most of the time because it is expensive so uh try to look them up online and keep in mind that the menus including the prices do change frequently and i would hope that most of the restaurants these days have a menu posted outside the restaurant so you can see what to expect before you go inside because that is an embarrassing situation and i have been in that situation myself so thanks jay and t i will try to remember to include pictures of the menus more often all right and the next letter is from uh np again just using people's initials to protect them uh so np writes to me and says i'm looking for a recommendation a friend of mine is coming from france She's a chef and daughter of a three Michelin star chef. I want to take her out to eat. I'm thinking jargon because I love their modern flavors and traditional techniques. But I want to ask you, as you know way more about food here than I do. And I happen to know NP not so much in person as I do online. And they are just as in tune to our food scene as I am. And so... Um, if they, and I haven't been to jargon in a couple of years and I need to get over there because my friend, chef Ryan Klein is cooking there now. And it's just, it's not always easy for me to go everywhere I want to. Um, but I need to get over there, but I actually trust NP to make their own decision. So in my reply, I said, I think you'll be fine at jargon. Uh, the chef Ryan Klein is really skilled. And if they still have this feature, I recommended they ask to sit at the chef's table. I don't know if they still have that at Jargon. Um, it should be a really nice experience for anybody at Jargon. Really pleasant atmosphere and eclectic menu. Um, and then I also recommended to NP maybe going in the opposite direction and not trying to be fancy, but hitting up someplace like Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack which isn't fancy, but is undeniably delicious and very Asheville. And then I said they could split the difference and go to Tasty Diner, which is the menu is swank, but the atmosphere is very low key and the menu is very unique. I don't think this chef is going to have tasted anything like it in France. And I think Chef Steven is headed for some major recognition by james beard or somebody i've given him a lot of awards anyways and that should count for something so my recommendation is stick with jargon uh you got if if you yourself the listener have fancy people coming into town pick one of the top echelon restaurants just you know you can't go wrong with karate uh you can't go wrong with the rue or table and just Trust trust the fact that those are top-rated restaurants. Look at the menu ahead of time and make sure it appeals to you personally because what you're going to want to do more than anything is be able to really sell the food to your friend. Like if I if I had a Michelin like uh, not just the daughter of but the the an actual Michelin award-winning chef come to visit me, I would 100% consider taking them to Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack for sure. And I would also bring them to Tasty Diner. That would be, those would be my two go-to places. Um, all right, folks. So those are just letters that I got in the recent times. You can write to me at stuhelmavl at gmail.com if you want to send me a note. I also uh, do read my um, email, the, my 
direct messages through Facebook. And I read the ones on Instagram too, but I don't get to those as quickly, just to let you know. And I don't get to any of them super quickly. I, I, I'm doing a lot of stuff. I just got to tell you. So I get to, but I get to them when I can. All right. Uh, let's get on with the rest of the show. All right, everybody, that's the end of the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank my guests, Katie and Ned, for talking to me this week. And thank all the restaurants for serving me the great food that I ate all week. And, man, we live in a great little food city. I always tell my food tours the three pillars that make our food scene so great. This is the, I believe we have the most authentic farm-to-table food scene in the whole country. We're a very small but sophisticated little town full of eaters, and we are surrounded by small farms on all sides, family-owned farms and just great organic stuff everywhere. Pillar number two, the cooks and the chefs, the ones that have moved here from all over the country, all over the world to cook for us. The chefs that have been nominated by James Beard or have received their James Beard Awards. All the cooks in this town that are the mortar that keeps the bricks together. And uh, the and AB Tech Culinary Program uh, cranking out great chefs every year to either stay in the area and cook for us or cook in other cities. And the third pillar of our great food scene is us, the eaters. I always say they can't they can't do it without us. I mean, they could, but they'd be bored and broke if they were cooking food and we weren't showing up. So the eaters got to show up. The eaters got to be willing to pay a little bit more to support those local farmers, willing to pay a little bit more to make sure the people in the kitchens and the front of the house get paid and willing to eat seasonally, which may not sound hard until your favorite dish goes away and never ever comes back. So if you have a favorite dish, eat it till you're sick of it when you're here in Asheville. Thank you. WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville broadcasting to the world. And uh, please follow me, folks, on social media. My moniker is Stu Helm Food Fan on Facebook, Instagram, and Substack. Um, and if you eat something good, for the love of all things holy, let me know about it. All right, folks. Have a great week. I'll talk to you later. Bye. This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.